0: What's going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of b Shafe Daily. My name is Brendan Schaefer, coming to you on a Cardinals game day as the Cardinals had their opener to the Grapefruit League slate this afternoon at Roger Dean Stadium, where officially they tied the Washington Nationals 4-4. But let me tell you, this game wouldn't have been a tie under normal circumstances. <laughs> you see, when the Cardinals last spring training... And over the course of summer camp, really, is when this came into play, had their inter-squad games, and they got a pitcher to where he was throwing too many pitches in an inning, and so they didn't want him to have to continue to exert himself. They made up the rules and said, okay, the inning's over now, but you get a run for however many outs uh, was not tacked onto the board. You know, they made up their own way of rolling over innings in order to keep the games moving along, because it is about development and getting ready for the season more so than it is about who wins and loses. And so they had a system that worked for them. Well, the rollover factor is coming to a spring training game near you because they used it today and it kind of benefited the Cardinals because in the first inning, Jack Flaherty, after a strikeout of Victor Robles, really just didn't look like himself for the rest of the outing. Uh, That first inning continued along. He had given up a couple of walks had given up a hit. The bases were about to be loaded with one out, at which point they called the inning, rolled it over. I believe Flaherty was at about 23 pitches at that point in time. And so basically, the Nationals scored no runs in the first, when in reality, they would have had an opportunity for many runs in the first had it been a regular season circumstance. Doesn't really make much of a difference. The takeaway from the day, if you're looking at Jack Flaherty's performance, for one, it could have been a little different in that inning because the ball that was called uh, ball four that loaded the bases before they eventually scrubbed things would have actually been a strike him out, throw him out if Angel Hernandez had made the same call that Jack Flaherty would have made about that pitch. Instead, it was a walk and loaded the bases. So at that point, they said, okay, that's enough. But in reality, uh, Jack Flaherty, and he was aware of this to say the least in his post-game Zoom conference, or rather mid-game Zoom conference, because down here the guys tend to have the starters play their innings, get out of here, and so Flaherty was Zooming with us while the game was still going on. But during that session, he was pretty clear that he thought he was terrible today, he wasn't happy with anything that happened, and it's just one of those things where you got to try to take the positives that you can find from it, go back and look at video and figure out what exactly happened, and then move on from there. Not something that he's probably going to wear for too much longer beyond today. But at the end of the day, the unofficial slash official line on him, if you look at MLB.com, it'll tell you he pitched an inning because how could you not pitch at least one inning if you end up throwing in the second? But really, just the one out recorded, it came in the first, and beyond that, he ends up giving up a total of four hits, three earned runs, three walks, did have the strikeout to start the game off, but not the line that you'd want to see for him. Beyond that, though, the pitching plan for the Cardinals actually looked pretty good. Only gave up one additional run, a tough outing for Genesis Cabrera. He pitched an inning, gave up a hit and a run, but had a couple of walks. And so the command situation is something that I think he's going to have to hone in on as the season goes along. But you remember what Genesis Cabrera did for the Cardinals last year out of the bullpen. Very, very successful. An electric arm that you figure from the left side can really be able to help you out in the 7th, 8th, ninth inning. Leverage situations in games, particularly when you get him up against left-handed hitters. But everybody else, really, that came out of the Cardinals' bullpen had some success today. Tommy Parsons was the first guy we got to see, and I would have thought initially that Flaherty would have been pegged for about two innings, with John Gant then coming in for two innings, and the rest of the guys coming in for one-inning stints, basically in that order. But Tommy Parsons got in there before Gant because things get thrown off the schedule a little bit when somebody doesn't go as deep as you're hoping. And so he fills the rest of that second inning. And then you end up getting some guys on the back half. Like I believe Roel Ramirez got into the game and wasn't really scheduled to do so. uh, According to the game plan they came in with, but otherwise I think everybody else, Alex Reyes, Connor Jones, Giovanni Gallegos got the, the inning that they were supposed to get all scoreless innings for those guys. Jones had a K and Gallegos, the last Cardinals hurler to throw got two strikeouts in his inning but John Gant following up Tommy Parsons was pretty impressive as well two innings pitched for Gant did have a couple of walks but didn't allow anybody to get a hit and he had three strikeouts so Gant is a guy to keep an eye on because he has been publicly willing to express his interest in a spot in the Cardinals starting rotation and so it's going to be interesting I think to see how that competition will play out if you can call it that obviously when you've got more than five arms coming into spring camp that are hoping to be starters and are competing in starter position and being stretched out like John Gantt was today with his two innings, uh, certainly you can call it a competition, even if Gantt, the way we see it and the way we talk about it on the podcast lately, maybe is on the outside looking in, I think, of the, the inside track of that competition. We've talked about the names that are expected in the rotation, and really it boils down to if Carlos Martinez ends up having the kind of spring that he's hoping he can have, and based on the way he he looked in the lives the other day when he was facing some legitimate veterans on this Cardinals team, like Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Yadier Molina and Matt Carpenter. So if Martinez can carry over that success, look, I think that spot in the starting rotation ends up probably being his barring an injury somewhere else in the group. That's kind of your five Wainwright, Flaherty, Miles Michaelis, Kwan Yun Kim and Carlos Martinez. That's probably your five. Now, Daniel Ponstelion is going to have something to say about that. John Gann is going to have something to say about that. And I think both guys are capable of having really strong springs in kind of forcing the Cardinals hand into saying, well, look, I I know that this is the most convenient rotation, but what if one of these other guys really kind of asserts themselves into that conversation to say, should we maybe not be overlooking these guys and and kind of putting them into the preconceived roles let's actually give a long look to this. I don't know whether that's going to happen or not, but certainly John Gant did his part in everything he he could hope to achieve today to be able to keep his name as close to that conversation, if not kind of on the periphery of it, just waiting for something to happen, whether that's an injury, whether that's somebody not taking hold of the the performance that they need to, like a Carlos Martinez or anybody else, and, and being able to try to assert yourself into that conversation. So, a good day for Gantt. Mentioned that Parsons looked good. Had a couple of strikeouts. And uh, Tommy Parsons an interesting name because not somebody that uh, I think a lot of Cardinals fans have probably heard about. But when you get these opportunities in spring, uh, that's kind of the way you can launch yourself onto the radar a little bit. And I, Cardinals have to like what Tommy Parsons did today because he came in into a situation that he wasn't necessarily expecting. Probably was expecting to get like the fifth inning or maybe a little bit later in that game and certainly to come in in the middle of an inning with, with runners on board is not an ideal circumstance but he ends up giving up just the hit and uh, a run does score on that but he's not charged with it, it's Jack Flaherty's man and gets two strikeouts in the inning so good for him, keep an eye on Parsons as we head through this spring training session on the offensive side for the Cardinals as we roll through b Shaf Daily for this Sunday, February 28th, Tommy Edmond. interesting to see him in the leadoff spot in the Cardinals batting order coming into this game. That's obviously a role that was filled by Colton Wong last season. Obviously, Wong was also the second baseman, and so you basically insert Edmund into both of those spots today. He leads off the game with a base hit and scores a run on a wild pitch that ended up being the Cardinals' first tally of the day. And I think the fact that Mike Schilt put him in there today, he said don't read too much into really anything you see with the lineup, but... This is obviously a group of mostly Major League regulars that you're seeing in there today for the Cardinals. It could absolutely be what their lineup looks like or very similar to what it looks like on opening day and beyond, with one exception, a major exception, being Matt Carpenter's not going to be able to DH for the Cardinals when they head to Cincinnati on April 1st. He was in the designated hitter spot today, which they have in spring training and have had for years, especially early on in camp. It's just part of the the way they they go about these things. Remember last season, they didn't know in spring training, there was going to be a coronavirus shutdown. And then the DH was going to happen in the NL. That wasn't something that came in until much later, but they were still doing the DH at the early games of spring. It's just the way they, they get things integrated, let the pitchers be able to figure out how to pitch again, get their bodies ready for that. And then they can worry about going into the batter's box and hitting. They'll do that probably more toward the end of spring training. where you will see the pitchers in there, but you have to remember yeah, there was a DH last year in the National League. That is not the case this year. Uh, It's possible, I guess, that they end up going back and renegotiating that in some form or fashion, but that's not really the expectation. Right now, I think they're moving forward as though there won't be a designated hitter. And so while Mike Schilt can put him number two in the lineup today and he can put him as the DH today, that's not going to be a luxury afforded him when the regular season begins. And so it's going to be, I think, the onus on Matt Carpenter to be able to produce in in the bats and opportunities that he gets during spring and as the season begins in April whatever chances he gets because I do believe he'll get some opportunities at second base how that's going to line up with Tommy Edmond and all those outfielders that you have trying to earn playing opportunity as well is going to be a squeeze on the manager Mike Schilt that he'll have to kind of divvy out the playing time that the best way he can but if Carpenter doesn't perform in those early opportunities that I expect he will receive, it's going to be interesting to see how long the leash is on him. But because he's a veteran, because he's been in prominent roles before, he was in the two-hole today in the Cardinals lineup. Goldsmith got a walk today. Uh, Carpenter did have a walk, by the way. Arnato got called on a check swing strikeout in his first at-bat. Did end up with a good ovation from the fans that were at Roger Dean Stadium, 1204 was the official attendance taken today for the first game of the Grapefruit League slate. Um, otherwise, not a whole lot noteworthy from the offense. O'Neill had an RBI. Harrison Bader with an RBI double to the opposite field uh, it was against a left-handed pitcher. For those of you keeping track, certainly performance against righties is something that Bader needs to improve upon. His splits were pretty hefty last season and favored the left-handed pitcher's Uh, pretty tremendously when he's facing lefties, he does much better when he's facing righties, not so much. That's been a trend throughout his career and it was especially a strong trend last season. But if he's able to continue to have the kind of at bats that we've seen him have on not just the backfields, but in the live BP the other day that he hit a couple of home runs, one against a righty, one against a lefty, and then off to a good start in today's game, that will be good for his uh, playing time and his opportunity to impact the game going forward as as what we expect to be the starting center fielder for the Cardinals as we get this season underway. We're going to shift gears here a little bit in the podcast, and since there wasn't a whole lot to talk about from an offensive standpoint anyway, we're going to get into the pitching some more because some news broke as we were recording this because sometimes I do take a slight pause to things during the recordings to do some other things, and Mike Schilt got on Zoom after the Cardinals game ended And at the very end of his session, he mentioned that Miles Michaelis is going to be pushed back from his scheduled start for a sim game that would have happened on Monday, and instead is not going to pitch, and they're going to step off him for a bit, out of caution, according to Mike Schilt. But you know the way he phrases it, they're going to let some other younger guys get some opportunities to pitch in that game, et cetera, et cetera. But look, at some point. You start to notice things, and then you start to put some pieces together and recognize that maybe something is not quite right with Miles Michaelis. Take you all the way back to October of 2019, when Michaelis was feeling some issues down the stretch of that season physically. He got the PRP injection to try to repair the flexor tendon situation that was ailing him. He comes into 2020 spring training. the The, the issue is still ongoing. They try another PRP injection, and then, of course, the season set to begin in July. He's not a part of it because he has a surgical repair to fix the issue. But that was all a precursor to the potential that you would have a Tommy John issue. Now the Cardinals right now are not saying that that is what Miles Michaelis has, but that is what's in the back of your mind. Anytime you're talking about tendons up the arm, the forearm, things like that, things that Michaelis has been dealing with now for, I mean, if you go back to October of 2019, as I mentioned that's a good solid 18 months that that Michaelis, uh, maybe not quite, more like 16 months, that Michaelis has been, at least on some level, dealing with this. And if the issue has not yet been alleviated by the surgical repair that he had in the offseason, remember he was supposed to be ready to roll come spring training. At this point, he's the only starting pitcher uh, that really has seemed to be a little bit behind schedule. Kwan Young Kim, there was a moment in time where he was pushed back and wasn't on the same live schedule as some of the other pitchers, but he's since thrown, did so on the field at Busch Stadium the other, or pardon me, not Busch Stadium, Roger Dean Stadium the other day, and so we've seen him. We've not seen Miles Michaelis uh, quite on that level, and look, I, I, with my own eyes, I can say that the other day, uh, earlier in the week, I forget which day it was, but uh, the last time I saw him pitch, or throw at least, was in a side session, a, a side of a regular bullpen Uh, the kind that starters would typically throw on their in-between days during the season when you're on an every-fifth-day schedule. But the last time I saw him throw was in one of these side bullpen sessions. He was throwing alongside other Cardinals that were kind of along, you could say, the rehab process when you look at Jordan Hicks and Andrew Miller, who recently had uh, COVID before coming into Cardinals camp. And then you had also Kwan Young Kim who was over there, and that's why we were kind of keeping an eye on that. Was there an injury situation? Mike Schultz said there was not. and so. But when throwing these bullpens, Kwon Young Kim looked like he was going full force. Max effort, or at least game speed, throwing fastballs, throwing his whole arsenal. Jordan Hicks was letting it rip. Andrew Miller even seemed to be letting it rip. Miles Michaelis was noticeably not letting it rip. And I asked him about that the next time we got him on Zoom, and he said he felt fine. He was just, everything came out of that fine. He was working on different things with his location and the touch and feel on his off-speed pitches, things of that nature. But I didn't see a fastball in that session, and so whether he he can comfortably throw at full effort was, I think, a question mark just to me internally based on that. I, I mentioned it here, I believe, on the podcast, and it was something to monitor. He throws a live bullpen session, I believe, at some point since then, but it wasn't something that because of the access with media here, I was not able to get my eyes on that to see how he looked in that session. Uh, so I may be speaking out of turn. I don't know that it, if it happened or not. I couldn't say because I didn't see it. But I do know the last time I saw him throw, I didn't see max effort and said, okay, we'll have to see that obviously at some point going forward. Now the fact that he's being pushed back from this scheduled start for a sim game on Monday because the Cardinals don't have an actual game scheduled in Grapefruit League play on Monday. It's an off day, and so they're still going to get some work in on the backfields. Miles Michaelis, as of what Mike Schultz said this Sunday after the Cardinals' game against the Nationals, will not be a part of that, and that is a change to his schedule. So the Cardinals are saying right now that it's for precautionary reasons. They're being cautious with him, but you just have to keep an, keep an eye on this situation because – Caution, as as we've seen before, can often turn into something else. And when you have a pitcher who's had trouble with the arm in recent months and going back to last year and into, into 2019, to be honest with you, it's definitely something to keep an eye on as the Cardinals are looking to see how he's going to be able to to feel, to bounce back, to recover from his outings. I talked about it earlier in the podcast already, but if there's an opportunity that emerges within this rotation – Look for Ponce de Leon or John Gant, who threw Sunday, to be able to take hold of it. Perhaps this is that opportunity, but it's never the kind of opportunity that you want to see if you're a Cardinals fan, because we've talked about Michaelis and what he can bring to the table if he is at full strength. You look at what he did going all the way back to 2018, his first year with the Cardinals. He was a workhorse, threw 200 innings, had an ERA below three, and then 2019 wasn't quite on that level, still threw quite a few innings didn't have quite the same level of effectiveness. And maybe you can understand a little bit why if he he was dealing with this injury, perhaps going all the way back to there. If it turns out, though, that Miles Michaelis is not able to continue and and has to have another setback, whether it's Tommy John, whether it's something else, that's going to be a source of frustration, certainly for the Cardinals who uh, had opportunities to try and figure this out in other ways. And if it ends up being Tommy John, that's obviously a, a... another year plus that you would not see Michaelis on the mound. It's definitely too early to be considering that that's what this is, but you absolutely got to monitor it at this point. If they're continuing to back him off of what would be an otherwise prescribed schedule uh, for a starting pitcher, you know, they can say it's caution and they're, they're just waiting to see how he responds and recovers. And if he's able to perhaps get things going in the coming days, that would be great. That would be the ideal situation. And this is a time of spring where you do have a little bit of time to work with, but At some point in time, the Cardinals are going to have to see Miles Michaelis perform and see him be able to recover, do all the things you need to do to be a starting pitcher if he's going to be one of the five when the season begins. So something to keep an eye on without a doubt. But that's going to wrap things up for this edition of B-Shape Daily. Appreciate you guys joining along for the ride this spring. Make sure to subscribe to the show. If you've not done so already, you can find us at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, several major hubs as well. Head to anchor.fm slash B-Shape 12 to be able to find all the platforms where you can locate the show. That's going to be it for this Sunday's episode. Tomorrow, Monday, we'll be back with a new one and a full new week. A B-shaped daily as we roll along here from Jupiter, Florida.